Hi friends and welcome to Robcast 114 and this one is called Seasons and it's called Seasons because yesterday we dropped our older son off at college. Uh, now for the record he's going to, to school here in the city in, in Los Angeles so it's not that far away but still those of you who have dropped a kid off at college you know what I'm talking about. Uh, oh my word it was it's like uh you have these tears just below the surface. They're good tears, but they're tears because this is your boy. And 18 years, you've known this day was coming, but then the day comes. I'm like uh, like almost choking up right now. There's a couple times Kristen was like, just keep them. I could look over her and like she had that same look. Like she was trying to hold back tears too. So you just keep going. You know what I mean? You do the target run. Uh, you uh, make sure there's enough, you know, coat hangers, like that stuff. But at one point she just said, stay strong. Just keep it in. We'll lose it later. <laughs> you know that feeling when you like hold, you like hold your emotions in for like seven hours straight, and then partway through, we realized that our seven-year-old daughter, it was just clicking to her because she was helping him put together his new bed that he wasn't coming home with us because we've been talking about this, like preparing her, but it's like all of a sudden she got it, like what was happening, and just watching her processing. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so today is the day after that day. It's a change. It's, it's just, uh, you know, your kid going to school. It's a, it's a good thing. It's a good grief. It's happy and it's sad. And I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about, this ancient ritual of dropping your kid off in their new uh, apartment. We're so happy for him, and we're so happy for all of us, uh, but it's a new season and seasons come and then they go one season ends and then another season starts so that's what i'm thinking about today i'm thinking about how it's a new season so i want to talk uh about seasons and i want to talk about energy and i want to talk about liminal space and i want to talk about emotion and i uh so, so i want to walk you through all sorts of things about seasons uh, but first, I've been traveling a bit recently, so to everybody um, that I got to meet along the way, to everybody in Paris, um, with all that wine and cheese, uh, much love to all of you, to Becca and the crew in Belfast, thank you so much for making me feel right at home, and then a big shout out to everybody in Dublin who came out to the Sugar Club, and then of course, London, uh, what a day. And there were these, you know, that, that one of the podcasts I talked about how this guy called me peaches. And so a lot of you, this peaches thing, it's like the, a giant inside joke, but I partway through London day, I'm talking, I look over and I see two women. And I'm like, do their shirts say peach it on it as in preach it, but peach it. Is that a reference to peaches? And it was. So to the, uh, two women in the peach it shirts, that is one weird sense of humor, but it's an even weirder inside joke, and I love it. <laughs> oh, and then that guy uh, who told me that he and his friends have a Robcast drinking game <laughs> where every time I say, so good, um, everybody takes a shot. Um, well, then let's just do it. So good. All right. How's that? So good. There we go. Three shots. We're only, what are we? Three minutes and 49 seconds in, and you've already had three shots. How's the game going now, fellas? <laughs> and then uh, this tour, 
uh, I'm going to keep doing this How to Be Here experience for a final leg here in the States. Boston, I'm coming your way. Chattanooga, which is in between, as you know, Atlanta and Nashville. Um, I'm coming your way as well this fall. And then I'm going to end the tour here in Los Angeles in November. And then that's it. I will have been talking about how to be here for 10 months. And then it will be done. That season will be over. So uh, those dates are now up. Would love to see you there this fall. And then uh, we'll go on and do other things. And then, um, oh yeah, my friend Deepak Chopra is doing a seven-day yoga and meditation retreat and asked me to come talk at it. So I'm going to do a new uh, talk called Your Atomic Self at the Chopra Center. And then Deepak and I are going to do a session together, which, you know, that's just a good time waiting to happen. So um, the event is called Seduction of Spirit. And can you, I mean, how's that for a name? But uh, you can get all the info there if you want to join Deepak and I. And then uh, this fall, I'm also doing some uh, two-day events. I'm going to do an, a two-day event. If you're into communication in any form, maybe you own a business and you give talks to your team or you're a speaker, writer, blogger, uh, preacher, or whatever it is, um, I'm going to be doing two days on the art of communication. It's all new content. So if you've been to one before, um, it will be new content. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll probably, uh, reach back on a few things. Otherwise it's new ideas and I'm taking over the improv here in West Hollywood. So two days on communication, two days for people in business, healthcare, law, entrepreneurs. I'm going to do two days for people in business on uh, work life and how you think about ambition and family and all that. And then I'm going to do a two-day event on spiritual leadership. And I've got all kinds of new things to talk about. And actually, uh, these are the last two-day events I'm doing this year. And it may be, uh, there's no plans to do any for a, next year for a while. Uh, so unless anything changes, this is the last I'll be doing of these for quite a while because I got some other things that I'm working on. Um, that's how it is now. So if you want to um, come spend two days with me, I would love to see you and talk about these things. And all that info is at robbell.com. Now, let's talk about seasons. Yeah, because yesterday we dropped the boy off that college, and things won't be the same from here on out. So uh, first, to talk about seasons, there's all sorts of interesting data about how the invention of electricity affected the number of hours people sleep, which you didn't think I'd start there, did you? Uh, and what they noticed is that prior to the invention of electricity, when the sun went down, it was kind of like all of nature was saying to you, hey, time to go to bed. And when the sun came up, it was as if all of creation was saying to you, hey, we're turning the lights on, it's time to wake up. So you can see how with the invention of electricity, in particular electrical light, people could have more control over light and dark. And so gradually you could live more independently of the natural rhythms of nature, of light and dark, of sleeping and waking which I find very interesting because right now you can, in many cities, get tomatoes at 2 a.m. in February. It doesn't matter if the tomatoes are out of season. If you want to make salsa, you can probably find an all-night grocery store 
and get the tomatoes that you need. Even if they're all the same color and the same size and feel suspiciously like plastic, you can still get those tomatoes. And the reason why I say that is in the modern world, you can live in many ways independent of the natural seasons that are happening all around you. Night, day, summer, fall, winter, spring. And the reason why I begin there is in the modern world, as you more and more and more can live divorced from the natural seasons and rhythms of creation, you can see how people have lost this sense that there are seasons and that seasons come and then they go. They arrive and then they leave. They pass and then they're gone and new ones come. And central to being healthy and alive is understanding and then embracing the dynamic temporal nature of life. And the reason why I say that is the number of people I have interacted with over the years who couldn't figure out what was happening, who were traumatized, who were confused, who had a sense of uh, disequilibrium, who were lost in something. And when I began to interact with them, what became clear is a season had ended and a new season was beginning. And the person was, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening is you're experiencing what always happens when one season ends and another beginning. Some form of grief followed by the anticipation and sometimes even excitement and challenges and terror of a new season. And what I observed again and again is how many people, when they would talk about their story, would maybe not use this kind of language, but would talk about how they stayed too long. They didn't understand when a season was coming to an end, and they would tell about something tragic, something, um, some conflict, some heartache, but when they would describe it, what they were describing is something that had ended, but they held on to it too long. And what I find fascinating is how many people can tell you, oh yeah, I should have ended it at that time. I should have left. I should have shut it down. I should have wrapped it up, but I held on because it was safe and comfortable. And here's the thing. When you hold on too long, when you stay too long, whether it's a job, a town, uh, whatever it is, some sort of financial arrangement, what, when you stay too long, what can often happen is that what would have been a graduation becomes a divorce. You could have gone, but it was safe and good and known, and so you stayed and it wasn't the best. Or... Uh, people who had a bad case of WBS, and you know what WBS is, warm body syndrome. You were in a relationship, it wasn't the best relationship, it wasn't what you knew could be possible long term, but you stayed because it was a warm body when you know you should have left and held out hope and clung to that hope that there would be something better. Uh, you know, I always tell these Jesus stories. There's this fantastic Jesus story, post-resurrection. Jesus, the Gospel of John, appears in the garden, uh, which is the writer John, of course, when Jesus 
rises from the dead in a garden. He's making a reference to the very opening of the scriptures. He's doing a very Jewish thing. There's like a hint. There's a nod to the garden in the book of Genesis because this resurrection is about a new creation because that's what it means to be alive, is to understand that there's a new creation bursting forth right here in the midst of the old one. What's so fascinating is Jesus runs into one of his first disciples, Mary, because obviously there were women disciples, and one of them, Mary, uh, sees him, and she's so excited in what Jesus says. He says to her, don't hold on to me. And I always found this line so fascinating because the first thing he says to her is don't hold on to me. So apparently she's trying to hold on to him. It's like, it's as if Jesus rises from the dead and then says to Mary, Mary, seriously, you're being so clingy. Um, why does the embodiment, the flesh and blood embodiment of compassion seem so cold here? Why does Jesus say, don't hold on to me? Uh, why? Because you can only assume that Mary is thinking, hey, we're getting the band back together, right? She's like, he's gone, now he's here, good. Everything's gonna go back to the way it was. And I wonder if this isn't a story about Jesus being cold and unfeeling. It's a brilliant story about human nature. We want things to go back to how they were, to when it was safe, to when it was comfortable, to when everybody knew their roles. And when Jesus says, don't hold on to me, you know what he's saying is he's saying, Mary, things can't go back to how they were. It's going to be different. Why? Because that season is over. And now there's a new season. It's important when we think about seasons to talk about energies, because sometimes what happens is we are trying to recreate a season that has passed. In some ways, uh, fundamentalism is often the belief that there is a pure state somewhere back there, some untarnished, pure state back there. And if we could just get back there, then everything would be fine. Back to a time when people respected the Constitution or the early church or fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about, right? And oftentimes, you'd, it's hard to have an articulate argument about why that doesn't feel right uh, but oftentimes it's because energetically you realize that what the person's trying to do is they're trying to go back and recreate a, a season that has passed. Now, sometimes we leave something behind that we need to reclaim. But sometimes what happens is somebody is spending all of their energy trying to go the wrong direction. And the reason why I love that Jesus story when he says, don't hold on to me, it's like he's saying, you have to let go of how it was because only when you let go of how it was can you be open. Are your, are your hands open? Are your palms open? You're not making white-knuckled fists, but your palms are open. Only when you let go of that season are you in the right place and do you have the proper posture to receive the new season. Sometimes what happens is it's not working for you and you can't figure out why. And you realize, oh, my life is perfectly calibrated for the previous season that I was in. My life is totally set up for how it used to be. And by the way, if you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because as soon as you get it figured out, as soon as you get this season, okay, pick up time is this time, drop off is this time, piano lessons are this time, this kid needs this at this time. As soon as you get like the system set, then what happens? I know they 
they graduate, they go to the next grade, they develop, they mature. Uh, it's a new school year. That team is done, so that schedule doesn't work anymore because their practices aren't when they were. It's like as soon as you figure out how to get this season dialed in, then it's generally over, and you have to figure out what the next season looks like. And by the way, the ending of a season will often involve some form of grief. And if you don't grieve it, then it's in there somewhere. I've met people who, when we began to talk about why they felt like something was off and we just kept digging, I cannot tell you how many times I was with somebody who figured out that they were grieving the passing of a season. And sometimes it was a long time ago and they never properly grieved it. Uh, that's why you can have a good grief. Like this is a, you know, when you look at pictures of your kids and they were young and you have like that tinge of sad, you're like, oh, they're so cute. And you're like, oh, but you also have a tinge of sadness. Often it's because that season's over. And so uh, sometimes what happens is a season is ending or a se another season has started and we're still carrying around this latent grief. It's because we didn't properly acknowledge that a season was ending. So here's the thing. It's a big deal if it's a big deal to you. You know what I'm saying? It's just my kid going to college. Yeah, but it's a big deal. He's just going in the city. It's not even that far away. Yeah, but if it's a big deal to you, it's a big deal. Your emotions, it's like your emotions are your body telling you the truth. So don't discard them. Don't uh, deny them. If it's a big deal to you, then it's a big deal to you. So just let it be whatever it is because it's a change. And change is always uh, a form of loss because how it was isn't how it's going to be. <laughs> I have this fantastic friend named Tim and uh, he's an actor, comedian, speaker. And whenever I talk to him, he's, and say like, what have you been up to? It's always something, he gets the most amazing gigs. So one day uh, we're talking, I said, well, what have you been doing recently? He said, oh, I just did a, a logo ceremony for a bank. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean a logo ceremony? And he starts laughing, telling me the story. He's like, you wouldn't believe this. He said, this bank switched their logo and the employees were having a difficult time emotionally adjusting to the new logo. So the president of the bank brought my friend Tim the actor, comedian, motivational speaker in to help them with the emotional adjustment to the new logo, which I know you're laughing. And Tim was telling me this laughing, but he said it was really interesting because he was trying to think of what to do. So what he said, what he did is he went in to talk to these employees at this bank and he put the old logo up front and he invited them to reminisce about the old logo. <laughs> And he said, people actually told like heartwarming stories about the old logo. They like actually got into it. Like they weren't like cynical or jaded or rolling their eyes. They really did do this exercise. They like talked about positive memories of the old logo. And then what my friend Tim did is he said, all right, excellent. And then he took the old logo off the stage and he brought on the new logo. And that's what he did. I was like, that's what you did. And he said, yeah. And he said, the president... Later, it was like, that was great. That's what we needed. We're fine now. <laughs> and 
And I remember Tim telling me this and he was laughing, but we were, we were laughing, but we were also talking about how ridiculous and profound and honest and wise the, all the wisdom that was in my friend doing, he literally created a ritual to help these people transition. I know I can't even stop laughing thinking about it, but it's so profound. He literally had to create a ritual to help them acknowledge, we used to have that logo, now we have this logo. And you laugh, and I laugh at people in a bank having a difficult time emotionally adjusting to a new logo, but be honest, you got some of that in you, because I know I have some of that in me. Something within me, like I, I like cling to how it was, and that's fine, it's good memories, but sometimes we can't move forward because we haven't properly grieved and let go of how it was. I've noticed this in business uh, and uh, in careers when people have success and they have a weird sadness that they don't know what to do with because they've been successful or they've achieved their goals or now they're making all that money that they were hoping to make someday or now they've become the head, the president, the principal, the owner, the partner, whatever it is. The number of people I know who got successful, who got everything that they set out to get and yet found themselves weirdly sad. And here's why. Because change is a form of loss. And when you're now the owner, the president, the person in charge, that brings with it a whole new weight, responsibility, pressure, and you didn't used to have that. Things have changed and you lost, you left the previous season. And it's more complicated, it's more nuanced, there's more ways to screw it up. It's easy when you're out in cubicle land to say, well, if I was ever the assistant to the regional manager, this is how I do it. And then you become assistant to the regional manager and you realize, wait, this is actually harder than it looks. The number of people I know who became the head person, the CEO, the president, and they had spent most of their years criticizing the person in charge, like, well, if I was in charge, this is how I do it. Then they got in charge and realized, oh, now I see why they did what they did. This is like really difficult. And in some ways, there's an element of grief. You're not where you were. You're in a new space. And if you don't acknowledge it, sometimes what happens is you actually are carrying around a bunch of grief because seasons end and new seasons begin. And sometimes what you have to do is grieve the passing of a season. Don't hold on to me, Mary. Mary just wants to get the band back together because she's like all of us. Can't things go back to the way they were? Nope. They can only go forward. New seasons can actually be terrifying. When you realize there aren't a lot of guidelines, when you realize that uh, you have to figure out the next season and that you could really make a mess of things, there's a holy terror that kicks in when you come face to face with just how uncharted this path is. I've never been down this way before. This is why so many people hang on and keep trying to recreate old seasons. This is why so many people stay with the known. They're stuck on the couch. They're still in the same place they always were, is if you can just keep this season going, 
You don't have to face the holy terror of a new season. And new seasons can be terrifying. See, there's a loss, but when the old season passes, you're now into a new season, and new seasons mean all sorts of new possibilities. This is often why when you talk to people about the key moments in their life, how many people will mention suffering? Uh, You talk to somebody about the three or four most significant moments in their life that altered the trajectory in their life. Uh, When I have asked people this question, name three or four or five significant moments that shaped you into who you are, that altered the path, the course, the trajectory, the arc of your life. Um, People never say things like, well, one time I got a new truck, you know, (laughs) or I went to the Bahamas. No, people say I lost my friend. I got fired. Uh, I had to file for bankruptcy. We got divorced. I found out he was cheating on me. Uh, They tell these stories of pain and loss and heartbreak. And and it took me for a a while to understand why that was, but then it was like, oh, because pain, loss, heartbreak, and suffering are generally about the loss of something, which means that season's over. And so suffering often has within it these latent seeds of creativity because you never would have planned on that thing ending, but it ended, which means a season ended. And if a season ended, that means another season is beginning. And uh, so this is why sometimes it, it takes a violent, traumatic, jarring act of, uh, who knows what, betrayal, suffering, loss, that forces a season to end. And then years later, we realize all the good that was in all of that pain and loss and suffering. Sometimes, and this may be you, one season is ending or it's ended, but it doesn't feel like the next one has started. Sometimes you have this sense like, yeah, that relationship, business, job, season, marriage, ended, but I don't feel like I know what the next thing is. And so you are in between. Uh, They call this liminal space. Liminal space is when you aren't in that and you aren't yet in the next thing and you're floating somewhere in between. And here's the thing. If you go through the wisdom tradition, if you read the mystics, if you read all the sages and the wise ones that have come before us, they always talk about all the interesting things that happen in the liminal space. Because liminal space, oftentimes your reference points are gone. Because in the old season, you knew how it worked. You knew what the roles were. You knew who got paid when. This is how things function. And then when a season ends, you're sort of in between. You're figuring out or you're searching or you're waiting for the next season. And you're tr- maybe you're trying a number of things. And some of the things feel like you're trying to play the piano and oven mitts, you know, that feeling like this isn't it. Uh, Yeah, the liminal space is where all sorts of interesting things happen. Spirit does all sorts of healing, redemptive, creative work in liminal space. And we're good moderns, so we don't like the tension. We don't like things unresolved. We don't like to wait So oftentimes what happens is we rush through the liminal space 
and we rush through the space that has the most capacity to actually transform us. We race through it and we miss all there is in that in-between space. So if this is you, uh, keep your eyes open, grieve whatever you need to grieve, uh, take your time, because oftentimes it's in that liminal space where things open up in us that would only open up in us if we were in enough discomfort, if we felt enough of the sting of unknowing. Uh, it's uncertainty that pokes and prods us and creates all these new interesting things in us. Yeah, sometimes one thing is ending, the next one hasn't started. If you find yourself in between, it's okay. Let's get, welcome to the club. Um, you, you come from a long line of people. And uh, so sometimes it's just the aware. I always, awareness is half the battle. Oh, that's what's happening right now. A season has ended, but another one that doesn't feel like the next one's really started or I'm just barely starting it. That's what this is. Sometimes just awareness is half the battle. And then one more thought about seasons. Sometimes what happens when you move into a new season is it can be easy to criticize previous seasons, to beat yourself up over how you used to do it. Uh, developmentally, oftentimes I meet people who grew up in some situation and they're bitter towards that season of life or towards that teacher or that authority figure or that uh, whatever it was that they're now leaving behind because they're now in a new season. Here's the thing. Sometimes it's important to not think about seasons as right or wrong because now they're doing things in a new way. And so it's easy for them to be like, now I'm doing it right. I used to be doing it wrong. But the truth is you did what you could in that previous season. You were doing your best. And to turn it into right and wrong sometimes is to unnecessarily beat yourself up for a previous season. So sometimes what's important is to shift from right and wrong to then and now. Yeah, I used to see it that way. Then I did it like that. Uh, in that season, based on the information I had, based on the voices that I was listening to, based on my influences, that's how uh, I lived. Uh, but now I've grown, I've changed. That season's over, I'm in a new season. And now I see it like this. And sometimes the passing of seasons has actually left people bitter. And one of the ways you free yourself from that bitterness is you move from categories of right and wrong. And sometimes there was very real right and wrong. That was wrong and now I'm, I've like left that, thank God. But sometimes what you need to do is rescue you yourself from the wrong categories. Sometimes you've got it trapped in right and wrong categories. And you need to change it to that was then, but this is now. Yeah, my friends, seasons. To all of you who are just going through, uh, your kids are growing, your job is ending, you're getting older, whatever it is. Yep, that's how it is. That's how life has been for thousands and thousands of years. So we don't fight it. We acknowledge it. We go with it. Uh, maybe you've got your hands closed like fists and you're white knuckling something. You're holding on to a relationship, a person, a position, 
a possession. You've got, you're like white knuckling that thing because you've got to keep things the way that they are. Whatever we do, we have to keep things the way that they are. And so I invite you to take those fists and those white knuckles and just open them up to open palms. And just open them up to like open palms that are facing up. Is there anything you need to let go? Because it might not survive in the new season. And uh, that may have been a beautiful thing that you need to say thank you for. And here's the thing. Some good things come to an end. Some good things come to an end. And it's not ending because it's bad. Some people only know bad endings. They only know divorces. They only know heartache. They only know people throwing things. They only know regrets. They only know jobs where people stormed out. Yeah, but some good things come to an end. And they end because they're good. And so what happens sometimes is some people don't know how to end a season well because they don't know how to end a season without a train wreck, without a car crash, without people shouting, and without a trail of blood. You know what I'm talking about? But sometimes a good thing comes to an end. You've worked there nine years. It's been good. What would it be? And you know, something within know, you knows, I could leave right now. I could leave while it's good. It's okay to leave while it's good. It's okay to end it while it's good. Maybe you're in one of those situations where you're thinking, I know that I'm supposed to do the next thing, but everything here is good, but I can't stop thinking and knowing my true self keeps shouting, there's another thing. But you're like, it's counterintuitive because you're thinking, but, but there's no traumatic ending. I mean, it would just be ending. Yeah, yep. Yep, some good things come to an end and you know it. And we've been so damaged oftentimes because we haven't been taught about seasons that we don't even know how to end a season well. <laughs> but it, sometimes it just involves, this was great. And now I'm leaving because it's been great. Now we're going to stop doing this because it did what it was supposed to do. And now we're going to do something else. And if that's you, you hold those palms open and you let it go and you grieve whatever you need to grieve. And then you say yes to whatever the new season is. So uh, that is seasons, my friend. May grace and peace be with you.